Radio Pulpit, 657 AM, your daily companion. I'm telling you, my family, it is a real party. You should see the studio with balloons and all of that. 44 minutes after 4, that is your time. Doko Zombambo playing in your background. Similapa. Uh, thank you so much, Mom Sophie. And uh, we also welcome uh, fr- um, Fritz, uh, who's joining us on OE2 this afternoon, 657-279. Fritz says, hey, happy birthday, Radio Pulpit, and keep on doing the Lord work. Uh, Lynette Duplessis, I think it's a delayed message, but it's a message anyway. And she says, listen, may a good morning radio pulpit, may you have a blessed, uh, may you be blessed above and beyond your wildest expectations for this coming year. And talking about blessing indeed, my family, we continue with great conversation here uh, on the program, welcoming on the line uh, the information regulator and joining us from the regulator this afternoon is Alison Tiley, who is indeed um, a uh, part-time member of the regulator, but also an attorney specializing in transparency and accountability issues. She's litigated on transparency and whistleblowing issues on a number of high court matters, amongst other matters. She's also the coordinator of the Judges Matter campaign, which is a project of the Democratic Governance and Rights Unit at the University of Cape Town. That conversation uh, comes through straight after this break. 657 AM, Radio for Believers in Action. Alison Tiley joins us on the line, my family, 47 after 4, that is your time. Alison, good afternoon and thank you so much for giving us your time. That's a great pleasure, how are you? Absolutely wonderful, so much happening in our country, Alison, so much. How are you keeping up? Uh, well, I, I work late, um, <laughs> I read a lot, uh, yeah. and I'm very tired at the weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Isn't it amazing how the weekend really has become a lot shorter uh, than it used to because of all the things that we need to carry throughout the week, yeah? Yeah, no, I'm afraid so. And even even the chores that, mm. that used to get done at the weekend, I'm afraid they're, they're not getting done, so it's not good. Alison, the regulator has been operational now for a couple of years, but not a lot. And I mean, the work that you have done is absolutely phenomenal. And I don't know if I don't know if it's because of the demand or if it is because of sheer efficiency that we've seen so much action coming through with regards to the regulation of information in the country. Uh, do you want to just talk to us a little bit more about the regulator for those who may not know uh, what the information regulator is all about? Well, the, the regulator has two different mandates. Mm. And the one is transparency, so access to information. Mm. And the other one is privacy, so protection of private information or what we call personal information. Mm. Um, and we have to make the two work together so that both rights are protected. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting one, especially in a country, uh, you know, with such a diversity of ethnicity, <laughs> with such a diversity of language. And of course, you know, I mean, the the efficiency of the economy is another conversation, but the point of the matter, there's just so much happening. How do you manage that? What are some of the ways in which you ensure that perfect balance between the two? Well, I think we are very lucky in the staff that we have. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, a 
I think it's coming up to 100 staff now. Mm. Um, and uh, there are specialists in the different areas. And we also have a, a new unit which we're establishing called Deal with Data Breaches. Mm. So, um, you know, I have to say that the, the regulator is very thoughtfully set up mm. so that there are systems and processes that work well. And, um, yep, then a lot of hard work, I think. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, Alison, is the regulator a uh, public-facing uh, or in- mainly institutional? Are you, I mean, in, in business terms, are you B2B or B2C? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're both, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, I think we, we do uh, take complaints from the public. Sure. So if you want to access information or your uh, personal information has been abused, uh, these are both issues you can take up with us. But mm. we also spend quite a lot of time talking to businesses about poppy compliance sure. and how that looks and, and also trying to educate people around access to information mm. so that it's not just a, a big stick that we we also make sure that we do as much awareness raising as we can. Sure. Now let's talk about this case, Alison. I mean, I mean, this is some of the work, the incredible work that you do. I was so fascinated because, you know, in my head, you know, the, the rebel in me kept asking, but why would the regulator, <laughs> you know, want to be so concerned about the security systems of the Department of Justice? Can you just take us through the mechanics of that whole case? Why the infringement notice? And what now uh, post the deadline, which was yesterday? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it, it really started with uh, the the Department of Justice having to shut down a number of its systems, mm. and you'll you'll remember that. And there was, uh, as as I understand it, what is known as a ransomware attack. Right. And um, from there, you know, it was it seemed apparent that there had been a certain amount of personal information mm. um, mm. that had been made that had been what they call exfiltrated. And um, that's really where we get involved. Um, we're not a sort of the cybercrime police at all, mm. um, but where personal information has been uh, in some way uh, processed unlawfully, that's definitely our job. And we came in and we had a, you know, a, a thorough investigation and it did seem that the Department of Justice did not have uh, the correct security systems in mm, place. Mm, 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 and that was really the, the conversation with them. Uh, we then required them to put those systems in place, and uh, they did not. Mm. And that was then the, the, the point at which we, we issued the fine. Sure. So that's, that's in, in a nutshell what happened. Mm. And 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 what happens now? I mean, uh, from my understanding, uh, Alison, there's been uh, uh, a postponement, or rather, there's been what do you call it? Um, a time given, you know, um, by which they needed to yes. comply, which they then did not uh, comply. There was an additional thirty days given, which ended yesterday. Um, what then happens now, or rather, what is the update on that matter? Um, I'm not aware of anything having happened today, but that may just be that, you know, my office uh, haven't haven't been in touch. Mm. But um, I think that is going to be the subject of of a discussion 
um, it, it would be the first time that we've issued a fine, um, and it would therefore also be the first time that a, a fine is not actually being paid. Sure. Um, and and it's obviously open to the Department of Justice to take our decision on review, uh, and they are able to approach a high court and say um, that there was something wrong with the way we did. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. that came to the decision. Obviously, we don't think there is, but that is always, that is the option that is that is open to them. I mean, it would be very interesting to see how the Department of Justice handles this one. They are the Department of Justice, you know what I mean? What we expect mm. from them is that they must act justly in upholding, you know, uh, the legal uh, the legal regulatory mm. system in this country. It's their jurisdiction. It would be very interesting. So so part of the, uh, uh, the conditions of the infringement notice was that the officials responsible must be held responsible. Alison, mm-hmm. why does the regulatory Regulator want to hold individuals responsible and not the actual uh, department. Well, it, there is an aspect to it which is holding the department accountable, which is the the it, fine. The fine. Mm. Um, they obviously also it's no good simply paying the fine and, and leaving the systems, you know, un, unrepaired or right. unimproved. So those have to be dealt with. Um, but at the same time, we do need to move away from the culture of impunity. And we do need to make sure that people who are responsible for our information, mm. you know, it's, 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 not, it's not somebody else's information, it is ours, mm. but they need to be careful with it. They need to process it properly and they need to keep it secure. And where there are people whose jobs it is to do that and they don't do that, um, that is something that they need through consequence management. Sure, sure. That's a very interesting case, and we certainly will be watching over, uh, you know, to see what developments come out of that case, and certainly uh, to see how the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development handles, uh, you know, that notice. Now, let, let's talk about uh, some of the, what do we call it? I'm a language person. I can talk languages all day. So let's talk about some of the fun stuff that you get to do. So the uh, Pan African uh, Pan South African Languages Board, um, you know, celebrated a victory. Um, it's been twenty five yeah. years, really. Uh, we've been looking out for this, watching over this. At, le- at least I've been for the past five years, and we now have sign language as an official language in this country. I mean, what? Yes, do, we do. Yeah. What does that mean for the regulator? Any thoughts around, uh, you know, how how that should play out, Alison? Sure. I mean, it's a uh... It's a very exciting development, yeah, um, and and I think a very welcome one. Um, the regulator has uh, rules about how many languages its different documents have to appear in. Mm. The rules set for us in terms of legislation, mm. um, and uh, certainly what what we did do is of our uh, many of our important documents we've had them translated into Braille. Mm. Um, when we do outreach, um, you know, we haven't waited for the constitutional amendment. We we generally have a sign language interpreter Fantastic. Who, who is able to work um, in translating what what happens. We often use theatre mm. to explain to people what these different rights mean because it's all a bit, you know, it's all a bit legalese and what does this really mean? And, and often theatre is, is a great way of explaining to people what something means. Mm. 
Um, but of course, you know, if you if you're um, hearing impaired, that's not necessarily going to mean that much to you unless you have a, a sign language interpreter. So that's something we've we've already done. Um, and and something we would uh, continue to do. Sure. Would you hold uh, institutions um, responsible for not upholding, uh, making available sign language interpretation? Um, w- would that be something that you would look out for? No, that's that's not within our mandate. Mm. Um, we would be able to do that for our own events. Sure. Um, but we we don't have a mandate to. Uh, to enforce that or, or, you know, deal with that issue um, if people aren't providing sign language interpretation. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, everything that is happening right now, especially around, um, I've I've always believed that... uh, uh, language is an economic driver, <laughs> believe it or not. And so mm. it's really interesting to see how uh, the economy will suddenly open up. And the reason why I'm asking the regulator specifically around this development is because with more people um, trading, there's bound to be, uh, even if it's minor breaches around, you know, the dissemination of information. I don't know. Mm. Let's see how that plays itself out. Yeah. No, there's there's certainly been a, a a number of breaches and and the numbers are concerning. Yeah. Um. And we we really are going to have to step up our response, but I think we also have to call on on business and and government as well to really make sure that these systems are secure because mm. uh, it's it's proving a real problem. Sure. Alison, where does um, a Ayanda or individual or even business uh, get hold of the regulator? Um, just to learn more, uh, do you have drives? You know, where do we find you? Yeah, um, the, the information regulator website is really the, the place to go because yeah. it gives you different emails address, addresses mm. for, for different complaints. And there's also uh, Twitter. We're on Twitter and Facebook, mm. so... You can contact us through social media, and there's there's also uh, phone numbers that you can use, which are also on the website. Mm. So yeah, I'd I'd encourage people to get in touch. Yeah, no, thank you so much for spending your afternoon with us. Um, I always love having these conversations and just finding out, you know, where our institutions are at. And it's really great to see so much work being done. And as a promise, I'm definitely watching over that uh, Department of Justice case. And uh, I really hope that uh, everything that happens, Alison, all the best to you and your team and well done and the great work. Yeah, no, thank you so much. That is uh, Alison Tiley, my family, joining us from the Information Regulator. Please do find them on their website if you are an individual or business wanting to understand exactly what this Poppy Act and uh, PAIA means for you as an individual, how you disseminate information, and for you as a business, how you make information available, how you protect information and make information available. It's a minute after five. We're crossing over to the news. We are here 24 hours a day with the message of hope, faith and love on 657 AM. Tune in to Radio Pulpit on 657 AM for reliable Christian talk radio at its best. Find your daily dose of Christ-centered motivation and encouragement on Radio Pulpit 657. Download our app now. Tune in to radiopulpit.co.za or find us on DSTV Audio 882 and OpenView 607. 
Radio Pulpit, your daily companion for more than 40 years, brings a relevant moral alternative to 400,000 listeners in a variety of South African languages. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and download our podcasts today. You and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.